Folks, we are here live. Can you believe it? On the 17th floor. I'm not going to tell you where we're at just yet, but you know this guest that we have coming on. It took me a whole year to get him on the show. <laughs> this guy is the hardest guy to catch up with in Baltimore, and I'm so excited to finally have him on the show. And when I when you find out who he is, you'll be very very excited. So if you ever have an ick or not feeling good, think about you know who you have to go to and who you might have, who might help you out pay some of those bills. Be right back. We made a pledge to do what's best for the health of our communities, and we continue to deliver on it every day for every one of our members. With access to a network of over 1 million providers, rewards for living healthy, and more care options than ever, we are CareFirst Blue Cross Blue Shield, and we are changing healthcare for all that we serve. At CareFirst, it's not just our name, it's our promise. Welcome to the No Picks of the Dark Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Dante. Folks, I told you, we had nothing but the heavy hitters. It's 2024, the last call, the B-side. You know the B-side is always the coolest side of any record player. So, guys, guess who we have? We're at, we're at Care First, right? Care First. Care First, hanging out. And, you know, we're the CEO. <laughs> I, I'm sweating a little right now because the CEO over here, and he's here hanging out with us, Mr. Brian Pennick. How are you? Pennick. You got it, Pennick. Pennick, yeah, Pennick, Perfect. yes. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing outstanding. I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, hey, I'm on the 17th floor. I had to get oxygen to walk up here, man. I was like too high up for a little yeah. bit. So I, t I tell people all the time, it's like Hoboken. <laughs> if you want the best view of Baltimore, you come to Canton. I love it. I love it. You know, I always laugh because I used to be part of the, the merit. And I used to mad, be mad that pool would be there. And then at 3 o'clock, that shade would come. Boom. Couldn't go swim in the pool no more. It That's cleared it. out right away. That's it. But that's all right. But thank you for having us come up here and hang out with you today. Really appreciate it. Yeah. No, it's, this is the highlight of my week, honestly. I've been looking forward to this. Appreciate it. So tell us, I mean, a little bit about what you do. I mean, what's your, like, real quick, and then about what you do and how we got here. Yeah. Yeah. What do I do? And it's funny <laughs> because people always think, well, CEO, right? You must run things. And I would say I spend a lot of time doing what other people need. Mm. From a day-to-day -day perspective, and, and that certainly starts at home as a father of, of three daughters, uh, but, but also in the work that we do here at Care First, it, it's an amazing team effort. And it, it, it's really a manifestation of how we partner with and coordinate, not just inside the organization, but outside the organization with community across the public and private sector. And so that, that's really where my headspace is at pretty much every day. You know, when I look around Baltimore, I see Care First everywhere. You know, you guys are in the community. You guys are everywhere just helping out. And I, I love seeing that because it's all about community. That's the first thing when I think about Care First yeah. is community. I think about, I don't even think about what you guys do, but just community yeah. and how you help out and how you've helped out so many different causes in the city. And to that, kudos. I love seeing that. And that's what I was, that's why I really wanted to have you on the show because to me, when I think of Baltimore, I think of Care First. Yeah. They're, they're together. There's I all, love that. And, that, that's just, and that's where, you know, we, and we met a year ago. Yeah. And I remember, I'm not, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to outdate myself. I was like, who's that guy? And I was there like, that's, I was like, I've seen him at all these events. And everybody's always around him, but I need yeah. to talk. I need to meet this guy. And like, yeah. Oh, he's the head of Care First. And my friends are, like, you really gonna go talk to him? I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go talk to you. And I go, you just you had just an interview yeah. um, at another podcast at CIAA. And guess what? I said, hey, I love what you're doing. How can we make it work? Yeah. We're, we're here today, a year later. Now, I look, and that was with another one of my favorite people, Troy Stovall. Yes. And, and the folks at TEDCO. Uh, if you wanna be with community, you have to be in community, yes. right? That's the mindset. 
And, and so, you know, the fact that you, just to hear you talk about it and, and to say that you think of Care First synonymous with Baltimore, like to me, that's like, that's like it warms my heart, right? That's mission accomplished. You know, for, for us, and, and I think this is an important part of, of how we try to show up, is that this is not separate and distinct from my job, right? This isn't something different, something that we also do. This is core to who we are as an organization. And, and as a healthcare company, you know, you think about what your mandate is, and, and if what you're really trying to do is care for the people who are entrusting you with their health and well-being when they're the most vulnerable in their life, I don't know how you do that effectively if you don't understand the social environmental circumstances that exist in and around community. And, and what the data tells us is that that's what affects 80% of people's health. Your health, my health, the audience's health, all of us exist within the context of community. And so we've got a huge vested interest and it's not an also, it's an and, it's a both. It's what we do in the core of the organization. I mean, and again, you're in the community. I look up on my social media feeds. I see your teams that are so many events throughout the whole entire region and kudos to you guys that having that presence yeah. and knowing that you're there. So thank you so much for what you and your team do every day. So we really appreciate that. So are you from Maryland? Are you from Maryland, these parts? I, I am not. And, and I, I remember when I first got here, I came to Maryland from, from Atlanta most recently and I was at a, uh, I was at a crab feast. Oh, and it, okay. was a, it was a political fundraiser, and I'm not going to say whose fundraiser or which, <laughs> which county I was in, but I was still getting to know people. Uh -huh. And so I'm, um, I'm having this conversation, and, and people are saying, well, where are you from? You know, where are you from originally? And, and I said, you know, I said, I, um, I'm from Philadelphia, and uh, this reminds me so much of home. And, and some people get that. Like if you've spent time in Philly in the Philadelphia area and you've spent time in Baltimore in the Baltimore area, some people get that, right? There, there is a sense of community. There's a fierce local identity, you know, and it, and it goes down not just at the city level, but block by block, street by street, school by school. And, and it's a very blue collar pride, right? It, it, it's a sense of the connection to physical place. And, and it's a sense of like how each of us show up. And, and I love that about Baltimore. I love that, that that's part of the fabric of this community. And, and that's very much how Philadelphia is. So I'm from Philadelphia originally, grew up in the Philadelphia suburbs. And this feels a lot like home to me. I love that, I love that. We're, that's good, because I'm glad you brought the crabs up. And Philly, it's gonna come at the end. It's gonna come at the end of the episode. So I'm glad you brought that up. So what, like she said, you, you lived in hot Atlanta. Yeah. What made you want to leave hot Atlanta? I mean, it's, I mean, I, I love Baltimore, yeah. but I love Atlanta too. My, my friends from PA, when I was thinking about leaving, it was for a job opportunity. Right, right. And, uh, and, and kind of like Baltimore, right? Like people tend to stay and, and even when they leave, they tend to come back. Mm -hmm. And so I remember when I was, when I was making my first move and I had friends like looking at me saying like, I can't believe you're picking a job over your friends and family. I can't believe you're, you know, you and I, and I said, well, you do realize you know, I was going to Tampa at the time. I said, you do realize like I can be home in two hours. Right. Like it's only a two hour flight away. And so I went from the Philadelphia area all the way down to Tampa okay. and have been working my way back up. Okay. And people look at me, they're like, like you got to the promised land, right? <laughs> on, the, on the Gulf Coast, sunshine, no water, no right? Like, what were you thinking? <laughs> and, uh, and I would say I, I followed uh, opportunities that I didn't even know existed. And, and, and I'm blessed for it. I met my wife in Tampa. Uh, she, she's been an unbelievable positive influence in my, in my life and, and was incredibly gracious. Um, to follow me to Atlanta when opportunity presented itself. Uh, we got married in Atlanta. We bought our first house in Atlanta. We had our first child in Atlanta. There's a lot of incredible memories there, and it was a beautiful place for us. Uh, but I was looking for something that was connected to community in, in a much bigger way. And I was looking for a place where people felt that. And, and it wasn't 
Uh, it wasn't contrived, right? It wasn't something that, that you had to put on, uh, but an organization that really saw itself as, as part of what was happening around it and, and deeply invested. And you talk about how our people show up, right? Like you can set an example as a leader of an organization, but like you can't fake that. And, and our folks, they show up. Last, last year, they, they committed 70,000 volunteer hours uh, to the communities that, that we serve. And it just, it lives and it breathes and it's part of who we are as an organization. And I was looking for that in, in my professional life. And so we moved up here in 2015 uh, and this is home for us. We've had two daughters since then. Okay. And, um, and I would say this is as much home for us as a family as, as we've ever had. I love that, I love that. So you told me a little bit, something I didn't know about you that was really cool. <laughs> and we're, 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 gonna, we're gonna go I know where this is going. I don't know, we're gonna go with right. this. So tell me about, you spinning records, yeah, and the name and your name you went by, please. Don't I can't. So I so the the name I went by is a deeply deeply held secret. Okay, okay, okay. So okay. I, I I have not I have not shared this. Okay, there there's maybe somebody out there in the audience, right, that that, that, that may know this. Please uh, check us. <laughs> okay, when you know the name, put a comment on the. On the... Uh, and, and people try to trip me up on this all the time, but but so uh, I I started DJing when I was fourteen. Okay. And, and I would say, you know, there's things that you don't even know that you're learning when you're learning them, mm -hmm. right? And, and I, I would say public speaking. Oh, yeah. And, and the power of communication and the ability to, to, to take things and, and communicate it to people, right? I learned a lot of that, right? First for my mom, you know, who used to send me to the bookshelf, you know, mm -hmm. to find a dictionary when I didn't know something. Uh, but, but DJing, when I was 14 years old, uh, myself and a couple of friends started a DJing company, Surround Sound. Okay. It was, you know, back then that was a thing, right? Mm -hmm. you know, now the kids at home, they're saying Surround Sound. <laughs> what is that? What but surround Sound, mobile <laughs> disc jockeys. But we, uh, we, we had a company that we started out of the second floor of my parents' house. Like it was myself and two other guys. One of those guys was 16 and could drive, which was like clutch, you know, back at the time. And two of us were pretty young at the time. And, uh, and so we started this company and, and we DJed everything. Like if it was a party, we were there. Uh, and then eventually we got into production around Battle of the Bands and, and local band competitions. Uh, worked at a local nightclub and roller skating rink. Uh, which is actually how I got into healthcare. Little, oh, okay. little, little known fact. Okay. okay. Uh, one of the uh, one one of the folks that was running a, a youth hockey league at this skating rink that I DJed at mm -hmm. uh, worked in IT at a healthcare company, and that's how I've got my first introduction uh, to healthcare. Yeah, uh, we got an exclusive yep. here, folks. Yep. Exclusive. So it's like if I if I tie all these things back that I'm doing now right to to those roots, like I learned a lot and I set myself on a path I didn't even know existed. Wow. What? So now I'm dying. We got it. Everybody's probably wondering. <laughs> What was your genre? What was your genre of choice? Were you house? Were you deep jungle? I love were you techno. I, I I love music. I and and I would say my musical tastes span the gamut. And and it's uh, there's there's very few things in life that bring me more joy than watch someone play, watch mm. someone perform. And if it's live music, I'm in. It, it doesn't it doesn't matter. But but some of my best memories, I love the shuffle skaters, late skate, ah. you know, and and just the rhythm and and okay. and seeing people that could really lay it down, you know, and and uh, just their commitment to craft and art and how all that came together, the music and and the motion, and so uh, those are some amazing memories for me. But but if it's music, I love it. You know, it's funny, like I move music soothes the soul for me. Yeah. If I'm having a long day, music just cheers me up. It's like yep. like we talked earlier, five hour car ride. Music probably help. Yeah. Music might help you out, you know, just yeah. to get you through it. But I, I like it. It takes that energy that you have inside. You know, it, it's kind of like being around the water. Mm -hmm. Like there's just something about it that speaks to your soul and it creates just this calming effect and it, and it, it puts you in a place in a space 
that I think a lot of other things just can. Now, we talk a little bit about, you said about healthcare. Like, so you met the IT guy and that's how the connection to healthcare, you started to get into it. Yeah. Did you ever think about healthcare at that? I mean, were you pretty young at that no. point or were you? Yeah, it's, it's funny because I think a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people see folks that have achieved some degree of success in some field and, and it's easy to make up all kinds of stories about how they got there. Mm -hmm. and, and for me, I would say, you know, I got there by accident. And, and I would love to tell you that I had this like grand plan that my parents had my life mapped out for me, but mm -hmm. that, none of those things would actually be true. Uh, my folks were incredible people, are incredible people, now Maryland residents. Oh, wow. Um, and, and they really raised us. And, and I think the, the most important things that, that my parents really instilled in my brother and I were a sense of possibilities, right? And, and even if we weren't directed in a particular way, uh, we, were, we were encouraged you know, to explore opportunity. We were encouraged to really believe that what we put in is what we were capable of getting out and that there really weren't limitations and, and barriers uh, to, to, to what might become us in, in our lives. And, and that really sticks with you. And so I started working at a very young age. Uh, growing up, my father worked three jobs. Mm. Uh, my mother took the civil service exam when, when we were kids and, and went to work for the United States Postal Service. Mm. My brother and I grew up you know, latchkey kids uh, and work was a big part of our life. Music was a big part of our life. And uh, the reality is, is that, that when I got to high school, my parents were always very supportive of the idea of us constantly learning and growing, but planning for traditional education, planning for college was not part of that experience. Right, right. And so, you know, we, we really hadn't saved, you know, for, for either my brother and I to go to a four-year school. And so I was fortunate to have some other people in my life that, that encouraged me to get out and just explore possibilities and options. And, and in that process, my, my senior year of high school, one of, one of the guys that, that I worked with at this skating rink came to me and said, hey, you know, we, we need some people that can, that can program, that can do some light programming and database design. And, and back then in 1996, like that was still kind of an emerging field. Yeah, it was. And, uh, and we would love to have you come this summer. And I taught myself how to program out of a book. Mm. And, and that summer I took a, an IT contractor job and they, they put me in a closet. And when I said, like, this is not literally, not, a, closet. literally a closet, uh -huh. right? It was me and a bunch of stuff in storage and a desk and a chair and, and computer equipment. And, um, and I started building databases that allowed them to ma manage essentially electronic eligibility and data files that, that were coming in. Wow. And this was all new to the organization. Up until that point, it was a lot of paper. And it was interesting because, you know, that was my first exposure. And, and, and it, it has stuck with me ever since because I learned how that company worked from the inside. Mm. And that opportunity that summer, that contracting job that summer turned into an offer for full-time employment a year later. And I started my journey working full-time, going to school part-time and shout out to anybody that works at or is going to a community college. I would not have a college degree and a college education today without the flexibility of a community college and, and what that offered me. But I started to go into school at night uh, two nights a week at a community college, and, and that's how I started my educational journey. And, and I learned the business by showing up to work every day, and, and I got an, an amazing education by going to school every night. Uh, and it took me 20 years to graduate with my, with my undergrad, uh, but I wouldn't trade the experience for anything, and, and, and I wouldn't trade uh, what I was able to pick up at both what was happening in, in the day and what was happening at the night and, and how that shaped my mindset and my perspective about how to be an effective leader at some point in my career. I love that story because that's what the podcast, No Pick Start Off about, was like telling my son, hey, go through adversity. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is, how long it takes you to get there, 
make it happen. You might go through some things that trial tribulations, but guess what? Keep on pushing. Keep on doing what you got to do. You know, keep on moving. I love that. And, and I, I'd, love, I'd love to dig into that with you, Aaron, because I would say, like, I never thought of it as a diversity. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And, like, and honestly now, like, I don't think of it as adversity. Okay. You know, I, I would say my path was not traditional, cool. but, but I learned a lot about what actual adversity is, Okay. you know, in, in this journey. And, and, and the, the honest, you know, the honest truth of it is, is that while it may not be the typical path that most, pe most people took, I think what I got out of that is something more than what I would have gotten out if I had taken a normal path. Mm -hmm. And the people that I met, right, the systems and structures that I interacted with, they, they weren't trying to keep me from moving forward, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and so I had an incredible opportunity to grow and progress, but I'm very, very aware that my path, right, that that's something different and unique and special, and not everybody would be afforded the same opportunity. And so I think of my path as something different, but I don't think of it as an adverse path. It's okay. a path that taught me a lot, and part of what it taught me is, is how do we make that experience more accessible to more people? I like that. I mean, I think, that, and then we'll talk a little further about where your company and what things you guys have for employees who want to go back to school and whatnot. We'll talk yep. about that in the second half. So working your way through the healthcare system, health field, and did you think you wanted to stay in there forever or did you think you wanted to move somewhere else? Is yeah. that, was that something like, yeah, it's a cool job. I'm doing it from inside out. I'll do this until I go somewhere else. Yeah. What were your thoughts like? I, I, I spend time with a lot of folks that are young in career, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and mentoring and, um, and just answering questions. And, and what I find a lot of times is, People are always trying to figure out, like, so how did you, how did you get to where you are? What, right. what did, you know, what were the decisions that you made? One of the things I would tell you, Aaron, is that um, I never thought about what I was going to do next, right? It, it wasn't like I was planned out and I said, okay, two years from now I'm going to be here, right. or five years from now I'm going to be here. That works for some people. For for me, what I tried to do is I tried to get the most out of every stop along the way. Mm bring the most value I could possibly bring, learn the most that I could possibly learn, contribute as much as I possibly could, and hopefully put myself in a position that I would have good choices. Right. And, and I would say as much as anything else that, that drives my beliefs, like I coach people to think about like what does success really mean? Hmm. And what I would say for me, success is the degree to which I can make decisions in my life. And so when you're contributing to the decisions of your life, when you are actively participating in the direction of your life and things aren't happening to you, right? But you've got a hand on that wheel. Like to me, that's the greatest form of success. Like we all want to be empowered and in a position to actually affect the future of our, of our lives. And so I try to be open and I would do the best that I could. I would learn the most that I could. I would contribute the most that I could. And I would be open to what might allow me to grow and progress next without a preconceived notion of the best possible path. And so you have to be aware of when opportunity presents itself, uh, but I tried to be open and, and I took a lot of non-traditional opportunities, not just at, at the outset, but every step along the way um, for me. And that's been, I think that's been a really amazing learning experience. Has that made you probably like a lot more diverse on how you look at things and view things differently? Cause you've been in so many different realms and different, yeah. different people. Has that, has that make you feel like you're a better, better boss? Going I, 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 I would like to think I've learned, right? Okay. I, and, I would, and I would like to believe I'm still learning. Okay. And when I stop learning, I, I, I probably need to, to do something different. Um, now, I would say a few things that, that, that really shaped me. I think, you know, first, my parents, like, really just encouraged mm -hmm. uh, us to explore and to imagine and to, and, and to throw ourselves into things and, and to be open to possibilities. We, we didn't have a limit or a failure of imagination. And, and I would say... Uh, the effect that that had on me, like when I think about community and the work that we do in the community, one of the, the things that I, that I say 
uh, often is that the greatest failure of community, the greatest failure of society is the failure of imagination. Mm. It's when people cannot imagine something better and more for themselves. And it's when societies can't imagine something better and more for people, right? It's that failure of imagination. And, and I was fortunate, you know, we, we didn't have everything, but, but what we had was an imagination, a belief, you know, that we could continue to move and, and progress. And I would say that was hugely important to, to my thinking and, and to my development. The other thing I would say is, is moving around and traveling, mm-hmm. you know, getting out of uh, the place that I grew up, you know, leaving neighborhoods, you know, leaving friends and family and, and going and meeting new people in new places and, and getting exposed, you know, to, to how communities work and function and, and, you know, different ideas and perspectives. It just, it just widens your field of view. And that was hugely important to me in, in terms of how I think about, you know, showing up in community and, and working with folks in the organization and a big part of how we think about directing this company. All right. So, folks, we'll be right back. We're going to learn about this beautiful building we're in. I was redone, 17th floor. We're talking about some of the initiatives for 2024, recap 2023, and what's happening. Um, what, how can we sign up to volunteer for any events going forward? <laughs> we'll be right back at these measures, folks. We made a pledge to do what's best for the health of our communities. And we continue to deliver on it every day for every one of our members. With access to a network of over 1 million providers, rewards for living healthy, and more care options than ever, we are Care First Blue Cross Blue Shield. And we are changing healthcare for all that we serve. At Care First, it's not just our name, it's our promise. And folks, we are back. Uh, we just heard an amazing story about, we're not going to, he doesn't have a DJ name, but uh, his life story, Mr. Brian, really appreciate you hanging out in No Picture of Dark. I'm just hanging out in your beautiful building, so thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Care First, for hanging out. Appreciate you. I, I love being here, and, and, and maybe someday, maybe someday off camera, we can have the conversation about the DJ name. It's all good. Well, the, no, you know what? How about we, I have, I have a whole bunch of shows coming up, yeah. and I have a live DJ at the shows. There you go. So people will like do a little two-step after the show. Perfect. Try to get everybody excited. So let's talk about Care First. What you guys, you guys are again huge in the city. You're you're anchor in the city. People yeah. know who you guys are. Tell us some of the responsibilities you guys have for Baltimore and the region and DC. Yeah, yeah. As, I, I as, think, a, as an anchor. Absolutely. And, and it's we we talk a lot about anchor institutions. Mm-hmm. And, and I would say we're not the only anchor institution, but, but we take our, our role in community incredibly seriously. And, and we think about it really in a variety of ways, Aaron. Uh, one is we employ 6,000 people uh, in and around this region mm-hmm. and, and thousands of people specifically in and around greater Baltimore. And uh, as a company that has two headquarters, we have a headquarters in Baltimore. We have a headquarters of, of Washington, D.C. This is the part of, of the fabric of the organization. And so we think about it from that perspective, right, is, is what is the reality of our inside world of care first and how does that relate to our outside world of care first? Uh, but we also take care of millions of people in, in, in this city and, and in this region. And, and we don't think about it as insurance. We don't think about it as a business relationship. We really think about it as like a human being is entrusting us to care for them when they are most financially vulnerable, when they're most physically vulnerable, mentally, emotionally vulnerable, and creating that connection and understanding the human beings that exist at the end of that relationship um, is a critical part of what drives our culture. And, and so uh, we think about that and, and I would say are right now uh, really on a heavy investment track to ensure 
that when we show up, show up as a company, but also show up as individual representatives of the company, that we're showing up in the right and best way with community. And so that, that's a mindset that, that I would say is, is part of, of this journey for us, um, specifically over the past five years, is we've really brought that in to the core of what we do as an organization. Uh, what, what do you, what, as a pillar, basically an anchor, the responsibility, do you feel a very heavy burden? Like when people like say, hey, can you, is care if care first is in here? Yeah. It, it's, not, it's not legit. Like, do you feel that? Do people come up and say, hey, are you guys gonna be here? Are you guys gonna participate? I'm sure you get a thousand requests or to be a part Amen. of things. Yeah. How does that feel? Like, how do you, I mean, how do you weed it out? Because so many people yep. want you guys as a pillar. They yeah. see you guys as, hey, you can go, this is a Baltimore institution. It's like Hopkins. It's like University of Maryland. You guys are here. How do you guys yeah. decipher from that, all that? Yeah, never a burden. Okay. Never a burden. And, and, and my folks probably get tired of hearing me say this, but, but everything that I look at is looked at through the lens of it's an opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. It's a responsibility. And, and so we've got an opportunity and a responsibility, I think, to contribute, you know, in, in, in a meaningful way. And, uh, and the benefits of that, right, it's not just the right thing, it's the smart and effective thing to mm -hmm. do as a company. And I think this is something that organizations sometimes miss. And so, you know, as we look at uh, inclusive economic growth, as we look at investing in infrastructure, as we look at investing in local neighborhoods, the sum of those individual parts equals a much greater whole. And that greater whole is not just felt by all of us who live here, uh, it's also felt by the business community, right, who really relies on the availability of qualified workforce and for customers uh, who have the financial means to, to purchase goods and services. And so all of these things are interconnected. And one of the things that, that we've been really intently focused on is like none of the things that we do in community, it's not charity, right? It's part of what we contribute to the performance of community, to the performance of, of the city, to the performance of, of the region and to the state. And we all benefit, right? We all benefit from that. I think when we're doing the things that we're capable of doing, when we're making the investments that we're capable of making, um, those returns come back both individually and collectively. Yeah, I mean, I think about how did you guys navigate yourselves through the pandemic? There was a lot of things where you couldn't see some of your employees every day. Yep. The whole way of life has changed, but we have a lot of people are getting sick and things of that nature. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I have insurance to cover this. Yep. How did you guys as a company navigate pandemic I, I think anytime you deal with something like that and, and, and what I what I would say Aaron is that uh, there's not a single person that you can talk to that could credibly tell you they knew exactly what to do right you just you couldn't say that right there was no playbook that existed that this this country this world had not seen in this modern era in the modern era of business and industry let alone healthcare something like we experienced through the, the, the pandemic and so I would say humility Mm -hmm. Right. Start, start with a healthy recognition of what you don't and can't possibly know and know who you are and what's important to you. Right. You can know that you should know that. And I think if you anchor to who you are as an organization and, and in our particular case, it's all about access, affordability, equity and quality. Mm -hmm. And if those principles are true. Right. It's not just what you say, but how it shows up in your behavior. Then that becomes the guide for the decisions that you make. And, and I wouldn't say we made perfect decisions. But we employed the people that, that we employed through a public health crisis. Uh, we showed up in community to, to help uh, organizations and individuals who didn't benefit from the structure of society through, through these incredible challenges. We partnered with many of the organizations that, that you just talked about, as well as the city and state government, 
Um, and I would say we're better for the experience, I think, because we learned how to really show up at, at our best, you know, individually and, and collectively. Um, and and we, we did that with a clear focus on who we are and why we exist. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I always ask that question because everybody's like, yeah, we, we managed, we figured things out and got through it. Like you said, nobody's ever dealt with something like that ever. And, yeah. And so uh, thank you for answering that. Absolutely. For us. So tell us about a, a, a high overview of a, your year 2023, a recap. Yep. Some of the successes and highlights you guys have have had yeah. wins. Yeah, this past year, and I would say healthcare in general, it's a an unbelievably dynamic space. And so, for anybody out there that's thinking about what they're going to do in their lives and their careers, um, who may or may be more careful planners than than I was in in my career, um, healthcare is an opportunity rich environment. And uh, and and if you want to think about it, you know, both practically but also financially, eighteen point three percent. So the United States GDP. 18.3% of the entire U.S. economy is healthcare related. Mm. It is a massive part of the economy. And, and I would say that both that brings both opportunity and, and challenge. Uh, but for, for, for people who are thinking about, you know, how they grow and progress in community and what opportunity looks like, but also who want to give back to community, healthcare is an unbelievable space to be in right now and incredibly dynamic. There's a lot of change and the pace of change in, in healthcare right now is, is greater uh, than what I've seen in, in the 20 plus years that, that I've been doing this, Aaron. And, and I would say 2023 for us was, was really about continuing to lean in to what that future looks like. Mm. And, and so you've got this, this incredible part of the U.S. economy, this really important relationship that exists with people. Uh, and you also have the realization that healthcare doesn't work for everyone in the way that it needs to work. Mm. And, and for us, you know, really shifting that paradigm and leaning hard into really the creative destruction of the system that we have today mm -hmm. and building in its place something better and more that meets the reality of the needs of everyone in the community, that's what has dictated so much of our strategy and our vision uh, over the course of the past several years. And 2023 was a huge year for us to make sure that that was showing up uh, even more in, in our products and our services and our practices and just our day-to-day -day decisions. And so we did a few things that people weren't expecting. And, and I remember talking to folks at the beginning of the year and saying, hey, look, you're gonna see me showing up in, in Annapolis when session starts, and I'm not gonna be there to testify on an insurance bill. I'm gonna be there talking about public transportation. I'm gonna be there uh, talking about you know, what's happening with housing. And, and we're gonna be there talking about you know, really concepts that affect the social environmental circumstances uh -huh. that people that we care about. And, and that was something new for them. And, and what we found is, is like leaning into that space, when you're an anchor institution, like people welcome you as long as you're willing to roll up your sleeves and do the work. Right. And, and there's an incredible amount of work. And so some of the highlights for me, uh, we, we really kicked off in earnest our West Baltimore Workforce Development Program uh, in partnership with Coppin State University, another phenomenal uh, anchor institution and someone, Anthony Jenkins, Dr. Jenkins, if you haven't gotten him on, on your show, you need to do that. He's got a phenomenal vision and just unbelievable energy. Uh, Center for Urban Families, Joe Jones uh, partnered with us. But this was a journey for us. And, and you know, we really started out uh, thinking about our investment in West Baltimore as a healthcare investment. Mm -hmm. And we've got some really smart, well-qualified people that put together some plans. Uh, and then we took those plans to the community. And we sat down and we have a conversation. And they basically told us all the things that you were thinking about in planning are not things that we're interested in or need. Uh, and, and so there's no substitute for going out, right? If you want to be with community, you have to be in community. Right. And so we went out and we were with community. And community gave us an education. The West Baltimore community collectively gave us an education on what would be most important and impactful for the West Baltimore community. And at the end of the day, 
It was career opportunities. Mm. Right? And I say career opportunities, not just jobs. There's a lot of jobs out there, uh, but career opportunities that, 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 can, that can shape and affect the trajectory of an individual life and collectively the trajectory of, of community. And we, we started to look at the landscape and say, well, who do we partner with to do this? And, mm. and, and how do we begin to address this? And there was a few things that we thought about. All right, we've got to have a voice on transportation because the West Baltimore community is historically disconnected from opportunity because of a lack of adequate transportation infrastructure. That is a fact. Is and we know that's a fact because if you want to get to any job within an hour, any job within an hour, reasonably within this region, no problem if you own a car. If you don't own a car, you can get to 9% of those same opportunities. Right. And so when you start to talk about the trajectory of a human life and, and when you start to, start to talk about what real adversity is, yeah. right? when you scrub away 90% of the opportunities that somebody has and you leave them with the remaining 9%, right, you have already created a dynamic and a situation that by definition does not enable someone's imagination, let alone um, their ability to continue to grow and progress. And so said, yes, we've got to lean into transportation infrastructure. We've got to lean into transportation policy. We have to think about the physical place and space and how we allow people to move in community and across community so that we can create that trajectory. But transportation infrastructure, you know, it takes decades. A long time. Right? It's the policymaking. It's the funding. It's the, it's the physical work. And we are fortunate to have a mayor and a governor that are focused on this and community leaders that are focused on this. Mm -hmm. It takes time. So you need to do that work that takes time. But you can't wait for that. Yeah. And, and what yeah we, there's no way. You can't wait. No. For, right? It's, I mean, let's be honest. We were close enough to the red line when it first closed. And we were actually not that. We're probably a year or two from actually shoveling the ground. Yeah. And that took a long time. That's right. And now I think even with the red line coming back and whatever it may be, a rail or um, it was a high or a bus, whatever line, whatever it may be, yeah. I think that's great for people to get. Bus rapid transit. Yeah, bus rapid transit, yep. yes. Yep. East to west, yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. Like I saw when it was on some news channel, um, reports were talking about how people get to Amazon. Yeah. I think so, how did they be there two, you know, two hours, three hours or four hours before their yep. shift starts? Yeah. And I like that you're talking about that. That, that yeah. and that's interesting. I did not know that you guys dipped your toes in that. Yeah. So, so we started to we started to work through the Greater Baltimore Committee and the Greater Washington Partnership, and in partnership with with, with the state and city government on really advocating for uh, thoughtful transportation policy, but also transportation investment. Uh, but we said that's not that's not good enough, right? That's the thing that you do for the long term, and and that's really important. That that I think businesses like ours put our voice into the mix. Uh, what can we do right now? Right. What can we do right now? And, and uh, we started to look at the landscape and say, well, don't go it alone. Community educated us. We're going to go with community. Uh, and don't go it alone. Think about the people that you want to surround yourself with, the partners that, that you want to work with. And Tim Regan at Whiting Turner, uh, around the same time that we were doing this work, uh, and Calvin Butler at, at Exelon, they had invested in Touchpoint. So mm -hmm. they created a physical space you know, where, where, where I think some of this opportunity could live. Um, and, and in the process of that, uh, Tim had made the move to purchase the Target oh, yeah. when the Target pulled Adam on Domin. And, um, and, and I went back and we had a conversation with our team and we said, you know, we're going to go in partnership and, and we're going to make sure that these investments are actually connected mm. and that we support not just the physical build out, but also the, the services that need to exist around that to create opportunity. 
And so uh, uh, President Jenkins was kind enough to give us space on campus at Coppin State University to launch our workforce uh, development program. Uh, Joe Jones at Center for Urban Families helped us with the support and services. We graduated 100% of our first cohort. Love it. Uh, typically, it's about a 30% dropout rate. Mm -hmm. And we got there because there was nothing that we weren't willing to respond to mm -hmm. within that class. You have a child care challenge? We're going to figure that out with you. I love it. You got a transportation challenge? We're going to figure that out with you. It was really a mindset of we want to create an environment that actually helps people to default to some success. I love that. And so we're moving on to our second cohort, but now we're going to take 20,000 square feet at the village at, at Mondamin, mm -hmm. and we're going to launch that this year. Uh, and that's going to be a workforce development program, but also a, a location for jobs and career opportunities that are dedicated to the West Baltimore community. And these are high paying jobs, right? The, the, these are above living wage jobs wow. with fantastic benefits, with tuition reimbursement, and with a chance to enter into that massive healthcare economy and hopefully inform the necessary changes to make that healthcare economy work more effectively, more equitably for every person in every community that we serve. I love the, I love the word that sticks out the most. You said a lot of great things is careers. Yeah. Not a job, a career. Yep. I love giving you saying opportunity. People may not get the opportunity. Yeah. I love the opportunity. People might not, and it's right, not that far away. And you adapted health. You you said uh, child care. Yeah. Transportation. That's what I'm talking about. Because a lot of people don't have those opportunities. And you take a lot. We I don't take it for granted because I know I I'm lucky to have, fortunate to have a car to get around. Yeah. But most other people can't do that. That's right. And the fact that you guys are doing that. Kudos to you guys doing that. And like again, I go back to what I said in the beginning, community. Yeah. Uh, this is maybe named episode community. I don't know. But you know, yeah. <laughs> that's one thing that I really enjoy. I like I love hearing about that. Yeah. Um that that's that's a huge highlight. What's 2024? What is it? What's in store? Anything, anything that's surprising that you can drop for us that, you know, yeah. out? No, I, I think in 2024, it's going to be the continued growth and expansion of efforts like this. Okay. And, and so uh, we're going to continue to build off these concepts. And yes, in West Baltimore, we've actually got a project underway right now. Okay. Uh, in East Baltimore, uh, we're looking at an opportunity in Ward 8 uh, down in Washington, D.C. Okay. Uh, and so we're thinking about how we effectively scale. And, and I would say, you know, from my perspective, Aaron, like you never actually arrive. Like it's not it's not like you get to this destination <laughs> and say, look at all the like, look at what we accomplished. Right. It, it's the constant pursuit. Right. Of, mm -hmm. that, that, that I think is, is what's going to fuel us. And, and I think we're seeing some early success with these partnerships and these programs. We want to build off of that success. We want to stay humble, you know, about the things that we're going to continue to grow and learn and course adjustments and course corrections we need to make. Uh, and we want all of those things to be part of the core of how we run this organization. And so we're going to be focused on on growing uh, services. We've expanded our, our service set. Uh, we're going to be focused on uh, increasing the role that we play in partnership on the public and private sector side to ensure that the Maryland economy, the regional economy, can continue to grow and prosper, right. prosper in an inclusive way. Uh, but all of these things are part of our strategic agenda. That's great. That's great. What do you want people to walk away from our conversation today? What do you want people to walk away? Because, you know, like they, wow, care first. Is that this is what it's all about? Like, what do you want? Because you know, people watch. There's about seventeen thousand that watch or yeah. listen or whatever they make. Yeah. But what do you want them to walk away with? Yeah, I, I would say for me, um, if, if this has sparked anything, 
it's thinking differently about the opportunity that we have to, to make an impact. Mm -hmm. and, and, I, and I would love it, right? If, if some portion of the 17,000 people that are part of this audience and hopefully that <laughs> growing audience, that growing audience nationally that's tuning into Aaron and the work that he's in doing and, and what he's choosing to use his voice for and, and lift up, not just in this, this community, but more broadly, if there's one thing that you take away, absolutely, we'd love to have you here at, at Care First Blue Cross Blue Shield, but this is not the only place where you have an opportunity to make an impact. And, and really thinking about the choices that we make and the work that we do, these aren't mutually exclusive. It's not either show up to a job or do something positive, impactful community. It's really bringing those two things together and saying, well, how do I carve out a career for myself, a life for myself that allows me to be active and present as a community member, a community participant, but also a community investor. And every single person that's, that's part of this experience today, the work that you do, um, you can make that choice and we can all make that impact. We, we just have to decide that those two things are actually connected in a thoughtful way. Gotcha, I, lo I love it. But Guess what, folks? You know he's not off the hook that easy. He can't get off the hook. That, that's not, we don't roll that way. You know, it's always a good time, but speed round. Yeah. All right. You're a Philly guy. Yes. All right. Because you know, you know I'm going to go there. I'm yeah, not, yeah. I'm not going to go. Yeah. Best cheese steak. We're not going to go there. We're not going to no, go there. No, I can't do that. Can't do that. Yeah. You know, but are you a big Eagles fan? Yeah, so I was born in Philadelphia is the answer. Okay, okay. And, and what I try to explain to people is when you're born in Philadelphia, the Eagles, the Phillies, the Flyers, the Sixers, it's part of your DNA. Right. Right. And, and so, so I, I may have left Philadelphia, but every Philadelphia sports team is still part of my DNA. And, and I, I feel blessed and fortunate that I've got an AFC team in Baltimore and an AL team in, in Baltimore <laughs> that, I, that I can root with every fiber of my being, but 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 I can't get that Philly sport thing out You know they game. play next year, just so you know. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm a Cowboys fan, that's why. Yeah. Right. Oh, <laughs> Aaron, we were doing so well. I don't know if we can be friends anymore. <laughs> now, all right, here's, a, here's one, because I know this is weird. In Baltimore, we call them sprinkles. Yeah. We call, you guys call them jimmies. And, and jimmies, it, that's right. What's your flavor ice cream? My favorite ice cream? Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I, you know, I've, I've definitely got a soft spot for a strawberry milkshake. Oh, milkshake. Not gonna lie. Okay, okay. So then, if you're, you're a Maryland guy, snowballs or ice cream, which one? I gotta go ice cream. Snowballs, come on, no egg. I, got, I, I gotta on, go hold ice on, cream. Hold up, hold up. Yeah, oh, but I will tell you, so I remember <laughs> when I was, um, so I was born in Northeast Philly. Okay. And I can still remember, we had a guy in, in, that, that would walk up and down the, the streets in the neighborhood, mm -hmm. and he had a cart with a block of ice, mm -hmm. and he would do the handshake, yep. right? And, and like, to me, like, that's what it should, that, you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's, like, that's where it's at. Okay, shave ice. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's not something that comes out of a machine. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you actually have to put some elbow grease into it. Uh, but if you gave me the choice between, between the shave ice and, and, uh, and uh, you know, ice cream, I got to go ice cream. Okay. Yeah. Um, crabs or crab cakes? Ooh. Mm, yeah, that's, that's, that's a tough one. I got, if, if it's the right crab cake, I got to go crab cake. You're not it can't be something with too much, like not like the filler. And like, if it's the right crab cake, I got to go crab. You don't like getting your hands dirty, getting the crabs and hands. An experience, you know? I like it experience. because, say for instance, you and I yeah. and your team are all hanging out, we're eating crabs together. Yeah. All of our phones are down. Yeah. We're talking, we're having the conversation. Because nobody's gonna pick a phone up with their crab, yep. <laughs> not with crab hands. So I've never had Maryland crabs. When you know, growing up, okay. you know, my, my my parents um, on a special occasion. This is my brother's favorite, right? Like they would get, they would bring home crab legs. Okay. You know, and they, these were like the the bigger crab legs, and mm -hmm. this was a big deal for us. Right? Crab and, legs. and and it was. Uh, and I was like, all right, like that's what crab is, you know. And, and when I came down to, to Maryland, and I realized how hard you had to work 
to get like this tiny little piece of meat, I was like, I, this is more about a social experience. It is. It is about eating. It really is. I, mean? I could be here all week and not get a meal. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Chicken wings, flats or drums? Uh, I got to go flats. Blue cheese or ranch? Neither. Oh, okay. No okay. 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 All right. No salt. Right. Hot as you can make them. Okay. Not not honey old no bay. Sauce. No honey old bay. No, no, no. no. I like I like I like that traditional spicy. I will put hot sauce on anything. All right. If we jumped on your car right now, what music will we listen to? Oh, Aaron, you, I would I would give you full control of the playlist. No, no, no. No, no. But here's why. This is how I would get a window into your soul, right? This is how I, I would get to know you. I'm like, what's Aaron putting on this car? How you gonna How you gonna turn it back on me? I'm I'm sorry, yeah. hopping in your car. <laughs> it's, but it's, if, it's, if you do, if if I hopped in your car, I'll probably put Prince on. Oh, I love Prince. I'm I'm, I'm I love Prince. That's so I, 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 I saw I saw Prince six times. Wow. And, I, and I try to tell people, and, and he would come through Philadelphia, but I try to tell people one of the greatest shows, one of the greatest performers, one of the greatest artists and, and musicians of, of all time, you go to that concert and it's not just about the music, it was about the experience. Uh, the man was phenomenal. I, I was a huge Prince fan. Yeah, I saw him when his last concerts in Baltimore. Yeah. When he came here, uh, and it was, um, I was blown away. Half a dozen wardrobe changes, playing four different instruments, yeah. and just absolutely crushing the audience with the energy that he brought. I mean, I was just I'm you know, a huge fan of Prince. So I'm, I'm, I'm leading you into the next one then. All right. Best Super Bowl halftime performance? Uh, for me personally? Uh, yeah, no, best Super for Bowl. For me personally? I, 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 we're asking okay. you. We're asking. So, so the, the, the first Super Bowl that I went to was when the Eagles played the Patriots okay. and, in Jacksonville and lost. Um, so second only to the Dallas Cowboys in terms of my animus <laughs> is, uh, is the New England Patriots. I have not gotten over that yet. Uh, but Paul McCartney played the halftime show. Oh, and, and Paul was, McCartney, uh, okay. Well, and, and what I loved about it is that it was Paul McCartney, a piano, and the field. Okay. And that was it, right? It was just, it was all about the music. I like that. And I just, it was an incredible experience. I think it had something to do with the fact that it was the Eagles in the Super Bowl. And, and uh, at that point, it looked like we might actually pull it out. <laughs> uh, but it was an incredible experience. No, for me, it was Prince when he was singing Purple Rain and he started raining. Oh, yeah. That was, that, not, that that was, was awesome. That was for me. Yeah. That was for me. And what do you, let's a little peek behind the curtain. On your day off, you have time, what's your favorite thing to do? Family. Love it. Hands down. Okay. No question. I, I have an unbelievable partner in life. My, my wife is just an amazing human being that, that, that has and continues to make me better. Uh, and I've got three girls, a 10-year-old, a 7-year-old, and a 5-year-old. And uh, that, that's my world, right? I mean, you, you think about the things that you do and why you do it and why, why it's important. Um, you know, that's, that's my world. And so uh, as much time as I can get with them. Well, thank you, Mr. Brian, for coming yeah, on the show. It's a pleasure. We finally made a half, and I yeah. thank you so much. And, folks, this episode, amazing. Thank you so much for Care First, their team. This has been a year in the making. Thank you for your time. Hopefully we can do a part two at the site down in Madonna or wherever. But thank you for hanging out. We can do maybe a live show. Folks, love, peace. We're out.